Together they believed the answers remained hidden within the forgotten texts. The secrets were theirs to uncover, and they had found one clue to lead them onto the next. Crumpled parchment and ink were all that were left on the desks they had left behind in the great library. The lore seekers were swiftly on their way to the divine gateway. They knew the answers would only be found on the other side, and so enter the seekers. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, a.k.a. Simorg, and I'm joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Welcome, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, we got our favorite social bunny, Faisal. Welcome back, buddy. What's up, guys? Hope everybody's doing cool. Also here today, we are joined by a new face and voice. To the show but no stranger around here welcome lore seeker cash thank you very much it's really a giant honor hey. to be a part of this so thank you yeah absolutely totally glad to have you here so uh before we get uh dug in too far everyone we are going to uh gotta give a big shout out to all of the all of the patreon supporters all of the people at the ashes hq which is the home of this show all the people that are the uh, subscribers here on twitch or on youtube much love you keep this uh flame burning bright here in the community you're greatly appreciated that being said in regular pathfinder fashion lore seeker cash you uh are new to the show so we like to always get an idea of uh anyone who's new even if you may not be uh necessarily new around here but if, if people haven't seen you before heard of you before uh, there's definitely bound to be someone out there who hasn't heard of you doesn't really know about you or the lore seekers, maybe you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your uh, your Ashes origin story and where you come from and uh, all that. I am pretty positive there are a whole bunch of people that have no idea who the lore seekers are, so it's uh, it's no problem because we are new around here. We're um, we're very new, and uh, we we really kind of started my my cohort uh, Jibs, the lore seeker, and I. Um, just started kind of tiptoeing around again and rediscovered ashes of creation about a couple of months ago. And we started doing a lot of lurking. Uh, the issue was, is that Jibs and I have both run a elder scrolls online podcast for the better part of the last three years. And uh, just, if I can just throw this out there, just outstanding community we love the game. It was a really amazing experience to um, to create content for Elder Scrolls Online. They just the community's fantastic, and and you know, like the community's fantastic. Uh, the development team is just awesome. Super great people over there. But we had hit a wall with it uh, creatively, and uh, although we had been following little bits and pieces of Ashes of Creation for a while. I guess it's just pretty easy to say peons video like slurped us off the face of the earth and into Vera, like very quickly. We just went, Whoa, this game has come along very well. Uh, so we ended up um, having a lot of conversations over the past couple of months. And uh, we decided to take a step away from elder scrolls online. And we had played a lot of that game. I will absolutely admit that I have no life for that game. 
for sure. So I think for us creatively as podcasters, it was uh, it was time to move on to a new challenge. And for as difficult as it was, we are very excited to be here. Like the game, watching the development of Ashes of Creation, watching what Mr. Sharif's ideals are, his dedication, the transparency of the company, and the team he's built. Like the all-star team that he's built. Um, really has has drawn us in so like when you see and hear the eye candy the ear candy about the game and especially now that the hype is really seems to be rebuilding for the game the game systems it's a little bit more hardcore and that is something that so many of us have been looking for and then just getting back to the raw development or to the raw content creation of a game that's in development was really really important to jibs and i and that's what brings us here oh what an epic intro and, and speaking of intros we're gonna have an outro later you see and there might be a bit of an announcement regarding the lore seekers but man i've been excited i was i i had a feeling <laughs> like i had a feeling man because uh after that big ash ashes went viral and uh all of a sudden i was like i see some lore seekers lurking <laughs> yeah you did we were trying to hide i was like i was like i see some lore seekers lurking and i was just like man it was tough dude for like a good month there i was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm like please hurry up and like announce this i will say you were the first person to find out and you were outstanding at keeping a secret so we we really did appreciate that yeah. but um we we kept it a pretty decent secret for we the did. better better part of a month and then um when we finally announced it i think there was a lot of like wtfs like seriously like we thought you were we thought you were going to new world we're like nope <laughs> yeah not man. necessarily yeah so it was it was pretty cool to make that reveal oh that's funny ardeth and chat says it's the bald head <laughs> gives him it away can't hide that thing look bald is beautiful yes it is yes it is it's <laughs> It connects them. It's like shines. It radiates from the same heat source, you know. Like, yes, like the sun, friend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm solar. I'm solar powered. I'm solar. <laughs> Dude, but you know, it's funny because it was difficult for me to keep. Not because I was like, oh, I could tell a lot of people about this seeker, but because we actually share some, at least one person specifically in my own community, uh, Cheryl, who mm -hmm. uh, actually is a mod of mine. And she's a mod because you all raided me back when I was doing the grind on ESO. Man, yep. and I'm going to start this off with a good old story about spankings. Not the, not the kind in real life because that's, you know, don't do that. It's not a good choice and stuff. But in game, <laughs> metaphorically, or in game speaking, you can totally, you know, PvP spank some people. I was, I was having a hell of a time. I came back to ESO for a while there and I was like running through the game and like in a battleground and I'm like loving the place my <laughs> Cheryl's like here we go <laughs> I was loving the place the Templar was at and finally it felt great and I was like in there just going ham and I get this raid and I'm like uh and I don't I, I'm like I can't really pay attention because I'm in the middle of this but I see all this stuff happening bunch of followers so Cheryl was a follower from that raid and she stuck around and became my moderator and is a good friend a good part of my community part of my guild and so, you know, this brings me into the point of the power and importance of community. And one thing that I've always liked about the lore seekers and why I am 
like, you know, if I believe in a cause or a community or whatever, like I'm big on promoting that anything healthy, I think is a good thing. And, um, you know, one thing about the lore seeker community I've always recognized is I always had this feeling that the lore seekers at the core value community, like a lot, like really care a lot about community. And, uh, that's one of the things I think in ashes of creation is, uh, I think it'd be really important. Um, I think it's a really big opportunity for this MMORPG community to grow and to potentially foster something really like, I don't know, special um, to be all like Care Bear-ish or whatever. But, you know, I really do think that. And there's uh, a lot of people in the Ashes fam that I think are really great people. Um, you know, they create really good content. They are really passionate about uh, fantasy worlds and and all of that. And uh, yeah, it was just like, man, right when I realized you all were coming on board, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. Uh, because you guys, as as Cheryl would describe, we had a conversation, uh, and she said you're like the lore specialists. Oh, that is heavy. That's going to be hard to follow. I, I feel like that's pretty <laughs> accurate. But uh, <laughs> but but you know, here's my question for all of us in this roundtable to kind of get things going here. What are some of your experiences, you guys, that uh, really great experiences that have been just really positive uh, or just that you find have really made an MMORPG community great? No particular order, go. <laughs> um, I would say for like, for me, it's it's always been just like people just being interested and wanting to interact versus what I've seen probably in the past several years versus when MMOs were really new and something that everybody was kind of getting into. It's, you know, people just tend to be silent in guild chat. It's like a ghost town, even though you've got maybe these larger guilds, is very few people interact. Um, so I would say some of my best experiences have been just that, just interacting, putting together like a quick group and just going and having fun. I mean, it's nothing even that had to be planned. It was just seeing you know, a few people online and saying, Hey, let's get together and have some fun. And I, I definitely, um, I feel like that experience is something that the intrepid team are trying to foster. Um, so I hope that continues to gain momentum because that's where some of my most positive experiences in, in MMOs have been. For me as a solo player, I entered the world of, Elder Scrolls Online, and what pulled me to the good community, and what made me love the MMORPG community, is basically the openness and willing to help other players that haven't played MMORPGs before. Like that pulled me in, and when when that pull happened, I just entered a new world where a lot of cool people who love to role play, who love to raid, love to to do all these cool things of, of cool aspects of MMORPGs and the like the love in MMORPGs is more than people trying to be negative like in other uh competitive games like League of Legends or what's it called uh, Overwatch or any of these fast-paced comp competitive games so i really enjoyed that I think it's been um, quite an experience for uh, for Jibs and I when it comes to community. 
Uh, and the reason being is because we've had we've had several. God, I don't even want to don't want to sound like an old dog, but man, several years of guild leadership. And I, I will say, once we started uh, the Lore Seeker show, and we were never planning to have a community, which was the kind of the funny thing, is once the show started, we started getting people saying, "Hey, you guys need an in-game guild. You guys need an in-game guild." So at the time, we changed. We said, "Okay, well, let's do it." So we. Figured this was probably going to be a small community of a few listeners that kind of that came into Elder Scrolls Online with us. So we left the community that, that we were in to start the Lore Seekers community. And what ended up happening was it blew our minds, like absolutely incredible, the amount of people that came over. And I think the reason that that happened, that the community grew the way that it did for Elder Scrolls Online was because Jibs and I have always had one thing that we have always stuck by and that well maybe two things the one thing was to to be kind and inviting as as much as we can understand that people come from different walks of life and people come into your community as an escape so when you're kind to that and when you're open to that thought that people want all the drama and all the other crap they want that out they want that at least controlled i don't think a drama free environment exists in gaming (laughs) Drama controlled is more like the term that you would probably use, especially in, in, in guild, guild leadership. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, so in between being kind and controlling the drama that happens in your community, like something absolutely magical happened for us personally over, over these last few years that we absolutely want to recreate in Ashes of Creation. And that was just the coming together of a bunch of people from all these different walks of life around a game so of course you have to have a game first and once you have that base game that is just great which we know ashes is going to be for sure. this community people will start to trickle in, into the community and then if you follow those two things this is just our our personal belief you follow just being kind being understanding and then controlling the drama that's in your community and getting those bad seeds out because they will pop up you get those bad seeds out and people mm-hmm. start to thrive around that game and around this community and around this little family that you've created. So there's things that are taking place outside the game. There's people meeting outside there having their own little meetups and all this little stuff is going on. We're just like, Holy crap. That I think is what truly brings a sense of community around a game. You got the game first and then you have all these people that create their own content around the game because they all have a similar focus and you can't you can't recreate that it's so hard to recreate that and it always makes me laugh when people say that gamers are you know uh, gaming in their in their mother's basement and they're 40 years old and they have cheat you know cheeto dust all over their fingers and stuff because all they want to do is just play games and not talk to people it's like that is so incredibly wrong in my experience in gaming and i'm sure it resonates with a lot of people i mean look at us right now there were four knuckleheads in a room talking about ashes of creation a game that's not out yet like how social is that there's people in chat talking about the game that is incredibly social i don't know anybody else's nobody else in my house that's talked to you know 80 almost 100 people in one day and that's exactly what us as a bunch of gamers is doing right now so like Community is incredibly important in a game. It's like, it's the cornerstone besides the game. It's the cornerstone. 
totally agree with that, man. I'll say to to Wembley and I, you you're just resonating everything around here. I think that's the entire reason I have a community. The same thing. Uh, and Wembley said, I found that Sims channel fosters exactly the sort of positivity. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that, man. I think I like I think that like attract like too in a lot of situations. So um, also, I know that Jibs is here. I hope he's really watching when I do this because these are heavy. I showed you already know it's coming, Cash. <laughs> Just want to say, friends, I, pu I pulled the trigger, you see, and I, I went and ordered some. Oh, hold on. I, it's not a leg day situation, but oh. what's this? Oh. this oh. Ooh. Ooh. It's like some light reading. That's some <laughs> very light reading. That is uh, the core rule book, Bestiary, and Game Master Guide for Pathfinder and D&D. Um, so yeah, Sims, Sims doing a thing. I will definitely be doing some, uh, D and D stuff and I'm going to be digging in on that. Um, and I was like telling some people, look, where did ashes of creation come from? Under came from Steven Sharif's D and D campaign, right? So, uh, he's also going to, and they do this every year so far. Uh, the past two years, right? They've done the uh, charity live stream in November. They do a 24-hour live stream. Uh, the, the charity live stream is, is usually Steven and the team, some of the team, doing a D&D &D campaign in the Ashes of Creation world. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a D&D &D campaign at the launch party. I mean, D&D &D is a pretty big theme and element to this game. And so, you know, for me, I'm going, I need to, like, know... I, and also, I've really wanted to. I feel like a lot of people know I'm like working on stories and all that. By the way, Jibs in chat totally got that book. He hooked me up. GG. Thank you, friend. Um, but I, I'm going to go ahead and just encourage people maybe for just a brief moment, put on a tinfoil hat for just a moment. Just look, I don't feel like I'm off base here. You, you'd have to be watching this live to actually see it. The background is is usually this awesome tree that we see. This comes from the Ashes of Creation world. There's this guy up on the cliff, and he's watching. This tree's like, you know, burning away. And we've all been I talked about it last time, and we've come back to it over and over. And I just want to say, let's look at the still image of the tree. Just bear with me. Just go with me. Just go with it for a minute, okay? Just for a minute. And then I'm gonna go on ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna overlay the phoenix, the old phoenix, on my shirt here. You see that? Just, okay, okay, come on, man, tell me there's not something going on there, friends, tell me, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, please tell me there's not something going on there, I don't think it's a mind-blown moment, I'm just saying, I really do think that there's something to it, and I'll leave that there, just for, so that sinks in for a little bit longer, y'all, but, uh, Storytelling immersion, absolutely. So, what's the importance of lore in MMORPG? What do you think? I'm a, I, we got to have the lore seeker go on this one, man. What's the importance of lore to you in an MMO, man? It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's funny because when I saw this, when I saw this in your show notes, I was like, oh my god, Emma, it's putting me on the spot. But it's it's funny because with okay, look, we're coming from Elder Scrolls Online, mm -hmm. right? We're coming from the Elder Scrolls franchise. It has twenty five plus years of lore. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of lore lessons. We never had to like seriously dig for lore. It was there. So that being said, True. 
We've gotten a ton of different comments, some nice, some maybe not so nice, about why are you going to a game that has no lore? And I'm just like, oh, really? The lore is there. And the way, the method at which the lore in Ashes of Creation is going to be brought out to everybody is incredible. That's where the intrigue, to me, lies. Because you ask how important is lore in a game, in a story. It's huge. It is the story. And, and the, the example that I bring up all the time was Black Desert Online. Great game. Beautiful game. Amazing character creator. Uh, combat super fun. There's all these great things about BDO. But to me personally, when I started playing that game, the story was not there. And I dug and dug and dug. And then I just ended up fishing. That's all I ended up doing because the fishing in the game was awesome. But there was no substance to the story that was there. So that took me away from that game. Well, when you read the origin story about why your character steps foot on Vera and you really dig into it, and trust me, Doc, watching a lot of the streams and uh, in particular your show and listening to a lot of the uh, speculation and the theory crafting and stuff that's going on, like, like the tree right there. Like, yeah, absolutely. That totally screams renewal to me. I see a Phoenix when I look at that tree. So I think you're, you're right on track. That is what gets me excited. And the fact that in the different areas of content within the game, you have to unlock those stories. And then you're going to be able to go back and read about those stories in a library in a metropolis. Are you freaking joking me? That is what intrigues me about the lore in this game. And mm -hmm. that is what has attracted Jibs and I to come to this game. Cause it's not all there. You have to earn it. Gone are the days of a hundred percent satisfaction immediately. I have a teenager, so I can say that <laughs> they want satisfaction right now and they don't want to ever earn anything. It's like, <laughs> sissy, get your butt up and go pull some weeds and earn something. That is what excites me about this game. It is going to be, it's going to be work to yeah. get the rewards that you want risk versus reward. That's what excites me because the story is so important to us. So, uh, I, I just, I have to ask for just, this is for science or for my own curiosity, but what is, what is your, what's your thought around the, uh, the different servers and how that's going to play on, uh, the lore, the whole, I've always perceived it as like alternate reality oh. element. Mm -hmm. are, are oh. You, oh yeah, me? that's for you. Okay. Okay. Um, my thought <laughs> like, on that is that the wiki is going to get populated pretty damn quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody's going to keep the story to themselves. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if in, and just to bring some context that if you don't understand that concept is each server is going to have a different story because it's going to be different nodes that are concentrated on different part, uh, different quests, different content is going to unlock depending on uh, which node is concentrated or which nodes are concentrated on within the game. So each server is going to be different. And that, I mean, that's another draw right there. Every, mm -hmm. every player and every other server is going to have a different experience. But once that stuff starts coming out and those stories start to unfold, yeah, there's, it's going to be wide open for lore hounds for sure. It's, will it spoil a lot of stuff? Yeah, it will. But that it just depends on whether or not you choose to look at that stuff on your own or whether you choose to you know, keep with your server. But I would imagine the wiki 
would probably have it broken down into the into the different servers. It's my yeah. guess. Right. Yeah, we've also got Jibs in, in chat had said, so the foundation, lore is the foundation that gives the world meaning. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, some people don't care about lore in an MMO. Fair enough. Some people are like, I skip it, I get to the end, I just want to do the end game. Fair enough. But a lot of people around here uh, definitely care about lore. Um, <clears throat> look, with the tinfoil hat thing, it, it ain't so tinfoil. I'm just saying. What do you got? What do you got, Faisal? I have, I have a feeling yeah. that the lore is going to be blocked in different servers for a reason. Because everybody's going to be in a metropolis node and they're not willing to like destroy their nodes. Because we all know that when you build up a node, certain content arises. Correct? So True. what if the metropolis node need to reallocate different locations in order to find specific type of lore. Could you elaborate on that a little bit, like an example? So so let's say you have a node in the Elven region, the forest, Metropolis, and you need to destroy that node and reallocate to to somewhere up north in the mountain area. So you unlock certain content over there. That's where the lore is kept, and it needs to be de destroyed. So uh, the the metropolis nodes need to be destroyed in order to find these types of lore. Since every server supposedly has different metropolis nodes, different locations, different type of people, so every server is going to have their own different type of lore. That's it's just a theory, though. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's totally going to be the case in Ashes, right? And I think one of the other things that we can kind of throw out there, too, it came out in one of those first Node videos right, that they, they sent out. Right? If every choice in the game has a reward and it has a consequence, right? So maybe building out that Metropolis creates an opportunity for more lore to happen and cause an antagonist to show up. Right. And that doesn't necessarily need to be player antagonism, but that might be the case. Right. You might be fighting over resources or you might be fighting over control of a dungeon, what have you. Um, but from my perspective, right, I think that's where it's it's really going to get um, epic compared to every other MMO that we've been involved in collectively as players, right? Because it's very player-driven, and we've had games in the past that have tried to focus on player agency, you know, had varying levels of success. I mean, this definitely, in terms of inspiration, one of the first things that came to me and inspired me was the fact that every server was going to have a different story. And that wasn't necessarily something that was forced. That was going to happen organically. And kind mm -hmm. of along the lines of the importance of lore, I mean, we, we've hit on like a lot of the major points that I think about. But ultimately, lore gives you context as a player. Um, and I find that if you're not really invested in the lore, a lot of times you don't really get out of the game 
Um, if it does have rich lore, you don't really get out of the game what was intended. You kind of get to a point where you're you're not you're kind of doing things just to do them. You don't understand why you're doing it, and that's why I I feel like I don't have to be the hero of the story. As a matter of fact, I would rather be one of the many that fight, you know, for the light, what have you, right? But I want to know what my place is in the world. Um, because everybody can't be the hero. That that kind of lore, honestly, that isn't as interesting to me as being part of a collective, part of a community. And that's what I feel Ashes of Creation is really going to bring, is that lore, but also lore with a sense of community. I mean, Lore Seeker, you, you totally hit it, right? Um, with the fact that every server is going to have a story that they kind of house in their kind of main town. I mean, that's fantastic, right? Being able to go, even if you haven't started on that server from day one, being able to go and see and learn the story of that server, I mean, that that's just epic, right? And that's what makes it really feel like it's, it's going to, you know, be more handcrafted. You know, it's coming out of a Pathfinder campaign that, you know, has been played over years with Steven and his his buddies. But that handcraftedness is what's super exciting about the lore. Because you don't know everything up front. There's still things to discover. When you kind of know everything off the bat, it kind of makes it a little bit boring or you kind of feel like you're just catching up as opposed to kind of dealing with it live and and discovering it live and having that sense of wonder <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, funny that, sorry Faisal, go ahead go for it, go for it, go for it. no it's it's funny that you that you had mentioned that too because um like wizzy in chat was talking about um the scribes and the scholars academy and lore masters and such and um things that are going to be able to be found within that library building and when actually it was jibs that brought this up to me he goes hey Hey, dude, did you know that you can be a scribe and like there's, you know, it's uh, it was a thought that that was going to be in the game and like that's how you can find lore. And, and we both just like, oh my God, like you are you saying <laughs> that I can sit in the library and read the books on lore of the server and all the stuff that's happening and something else happens, it populates and oh my God, like that's where we can do the, you know, research for anything that we're doing. It's like, that blew my mind. Yeah. And, you know, just one more thing on the importance of lore. It does bring context. And I, I think that that point was, was huge. And that point, you know, it, there's an entire sect of gaming that I, I, I hate that a lot of people kind of forget about, but our peers are some of the best and most inventive and creative gamers out there, period. That entire section of gaming, that entire community of RPers that are out there. And I don't know if you've been in games and you've run into an RP event or not. Like some oh, people yeah. are super trolly. Mm -hmm. And then there's people like me that stop and just go, whoa, just watch it. Yeah. What are you guys doing? <laughs> and it all looks so awesome. But that those players don't exist in the MMO community unless there's lore and there's a context to the story that's going on around you because they can build their characters around it. They can build their own storylines around it. And oh my gosh, 
is that particular community in MMOs super talented in the things that they can create? And it doesn't exist without the lore Absolutely. and the story. I mean, it ties into like a lot of things too, because like meaningful conflict, right? Reason, reasons for people to want to destroy a node just so they can get like lore or stories or dungeon bosses to open up on their server. Like the whole element of meaning, meaningful conflict in like this living world, you know, and a lot of times what, what happens is like that, you know, like if you look at like World of Warcraft as an example, a lot of the a lot of the time, like it look World of Warcraft, Warcraft lore is absolutely up there along with the Elder Scrolls, Legend of Zelda. I mean, the oh, yeah. Witcher, there's there's a handful like Tolkien stuff. Like there's a handful of universes and like stories that just resonate along with Ashes of Creation now, Stephen Shreve's story. And you know, it's these great stories that keep people, and I'm tying this back into I think it was Salsi Gaming in chat was talking about was like that, you know, this is a lot of the reason I was thinking World of Warcraft. What keeps people playing that game? Well, for a lot of people, it's nostalgia because of the story, something they have felt invested in for so many years. And another part of what drew me to ashes was aside from this rich story and aside from the alternate reality of like the server element that like totally was fascinating, plays with my my tracky, you know, my my sci-fi mind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then you go and you uh you think about how many times is it that uh, a game like patch releases and you're sitting there kind of waiting but you don't really have to like wait like you could you know in theory we'll be able to kind of continue to uncover and have reasons to try to to break nodes and to like get other ones to form and and that kind of uh you know interactivity on the server keeps the server active and keeps it alive instead of this, you know, consistently maybe dead zone that maybe was like a low, you know, like a area that seems obsolete now because it's no longer, I mean, there's like so many reasons, so many ways that they can make zones relevant over and over and over by adding small changes to the narrative over time too. So th there's just like so many endless possibilities in my mind for how this keeps the game alive even when you're waiting on the next content patch. So, oh, yeah, I'm nerding. I, I nerded out a little bit there. You know, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Lore is going to be like, oh, he, he, he's going to be like holding a book that has all the secrets of Ashes. Precious. Precious. <laughs> and not share it with anybody else. What's in its pockets? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, the scribe thing, I was like, oh man, wait till they hear about this. Oh yeah. Yeah. We oh, we we flipped our collective crap when we heard about that. <laughs> like, what? So um immersion, friends. This was a dev discussion. What a perfect time for them to drop drop this dev discussion. When we got a lore seeker here, we can all nerd out on this one together, right? We just talked about the importance that we feel lore has in, a, in an MMORPG. And what better segue right on into the dev discussion number 22 over immersion. Here's the question. Now, I, uh, I asked this question not only to my fellow Pathfinders, to raise your metaphorical, uh, I don't know, book, scribe pen, whatever. As a Pathfinder, welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, but 
What were some moments in an MMO that broke your immersion? Uh, how much did those moments affect your perception of the game? And how important is immersion to you generally? You know, go anybody, feel free to jump right on in there. I'm going to say immersion breaking happens whenever I look at a general chat. So that's why without fail, whenever I log into an MMO for the first time, that's the first thing that I mute. Um, because from my perspective, I mean, I, I think there there is a certain level of discovery and a certain level of interaction that I want to have. And I feel like in some cases, those general chat channels are, aren't that productive, right, in terms of the way that I want to play. As far as the importance of immersion in a game for me, I mean, it's top. I mean, I I love getting lost in worlds. I think Cash, you said it, you know, very well when it came to creating a community is ultimately gaming is a way to escape into a world, right? Whether it's, you know, um, you know, the world of the Witcher, the world of Vera, the world of Azeroth, whatever that is, right? It's a way for you to kind of immerse yourself in that world. And so immersion to me is extremely important. And, and I kind of feel like it is, especially with Ashes of Creation, because when I was growing up, one of my favorite things to read was a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? And I love being able to make that choice, and that choice having an outcome, a consequence, what have you. And I feel like Vera, Ashes of Creation, is going to be like this huge choose-your-own-adventure on crack, steroids, you know, insert... <laughs> Altered substance here. I mean, that's exactly what inspires me about being immersed in Vera. It's that MMO we've always wanted to play, but never quite got. Um, so, yeah, that that's my two cents on it. You forgot Skuma, by the way. All right, continue. Anybody? <laughs> Basil. Okay, um, I like... There's there's a couple of MMOs out there. That's not the biggest, but small type of MMOs like Skyforge, all these other pay-to-win MMOs. The ones that really broke, like the emergent, was the environment itself. Like they would implement a map that has like a lot, a lot of water, and you're unable to swim. And if you try to swim, you're dead basically. So that's like it kills it off completely for me. So I would be I would be so mad. I would go out instantly uninstall <laughs> um the second type would be is when they try to produce so much content and they kind of forget about the environment as well mm -hmm. like small details like flowers and, and rocks and uh, how trees look as well like if you look at them very closely they would be like polygons instead of how they would naturally look gotcha um, Kind of yeah, like in like uh, current WoW when you go to like some of those really early zones and they just don't look nearly as polished as as WoW as as WoW yeah. polished can be compared to the new content. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Exactly. Even though, even though like if you would play WoW with the lowest settings or like classic WoW for example, that that has its own style. I would say. Um, but but it's still like I love it at least to have the consistency. Not to break it, break apart. That would be really great. 
I kind of laughed a little bit when uh, when Zone Chat was brought up. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> it's absolutely immersion breaking in a game. Um, so I guess I'm going to give you my, I'll give you like my junior high answer, and then I'll give you my college answer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we'll start with the junior high answer because uh, because I, I don't know if there's any other people out there. I'm sure there are. One of the biggest things that really just chaps me is um not necessarily non-canon names for your character but like the you know triple x uh yeah, sucksers yeah. you know double triple x uh anything that's like that's a, a play on some kind of a sexual undertone or something yeah. that's insulting to somebody else not only is it immersion breaking, but it just gets under my freaking skin sometimes when somebody feels like they're going to get away with it. And I will freely admit that I am the guy that opens up a ticket and says, not today, Satan, not in my game. And I'll totally report those people. So anyway, can I ask you a question you. real I'll, quick? I'll do it. Yeah, go. Um, would you say that you, you almost want to bring a little lights justice to the realm? I absolutely would say lights justice is uh, what's needed oh, at that beautiful. particular moment in time. Hammers up, sir. Yes, yes, hammers <laughs> up in chat, baby. Is what I'm saying. Um, uh, you might want to change one of your lights. It's quite red. <laughs> what? What are you talking about, dude? Look, there's. I'm fifty. I'm fifty percent DK and frost, blood DK, and uh, lights justice. Okay, I can I can balance a few. So goals. you're telling me. So you're telling me you have averted a bit what? From, from the license. I'm not back. telling you anything. Listen, I've got something for you in a minute, okay? Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, Uh-oh. I was like, I was kind of like waving my like, <laughs> my, <laughs> my like remote at I'm like, listen here, see? You know, like, anyway. I'm sorry. Did I cut okay. you off on the second? Part no, no, no. You're fine. No, it's a perfect high. segue. Perfect. It's a perfect segue in between junior high and college. Yeah. So college. Let's hear about the college answer. So here's my college answer. Now, take this with a grain of salt because I I understand that there's there's a fine line to be played between realism and immersion and a video game. Like there has to be some middle ground there. But one of the reasons why I'm so excited to get into ashes is because it has a little bit more of a hardcore rule set and at the like at the a very simple example of that is the travel system something with recent mmos that we've gotten so used to is the simplicity and the ease of use of all these things that you can do like you want to go to a dungeon no problem click what role you want to be and in two minutes you'll be in a dungeon with a bunch of other people well, that's immersion breaking. It's convenient. It's really convenient. And we're all used to that now. But I want something a little harder. I want it to be required that I have some friends or that I find some people to run that particular dungeon with. Fast travel. You know what I mean? Like fast travel, it's so easy to do in, in modern MMOs. I am really looking forward to a massive world that's going to take me the better part of a night to get a few grids. I feel that. Because I'm working my way through it. 
So, mm-hmm. like I said, I understand that there has to be some kind of a middle ground there um, in between it being a video game and realism. It can't be like 100% real and all that stuff. I totally get that. But that stuff, I think we've just gotten used to the fact that it's easy and it's convenient, but we don't even realize that it's broken our immersion. So, good point. I'm really looking forward to getting back into a little bit more hardcore rule set. Dude. One of them for really? me is go 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 ahead, Faisal. I'm gonna totally go into two two like segue pieces too. Yeah, I I understand about the social aspect where you're trying to find a, a dungeon or a raid and it's super convenient. And I think that uh, with the node system that they're trying to implement, how at least this is my opinion how on how they should do it. If they wanted to ease it's for players that's basically casuals or, or or like they don't have a lot of friends is basically go to your your own node tavern or an inn and it has its own board the dungeon board let's say and you can find someone there and he would instantly hook you up with a party not instantly to the dungeon so you just meet up at the tavern get to introduce yourselves i think that's a a, a really better way to do it instead of completely cutting it off because you have to also look at the element that some people are not as social as other people would. So it makes sense. You'd even <laughs> say maybe not everyone's a social bunny. Yes. Yes. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I had to read this comment that we got on YouTube. I, I know I read it earlier in the week, but uh, someone had said, <laughs> Someone said, and this was from Ben on one of the, the last YouTube, which actually Ben has left you a couple uh, in the past two podcasts, I'm pretty sure, on YouTube. <laughs> so Basil always looks like he just found out he was paired with the hottest girl in class for the group project. <laughs> Listen, Ben, I'll have oh. you know that Faisal is is a pure joy. And <laughs> also that resonates. But yeah, continue. Go ahead. Anybody else? That's some on that. I I just got one one more quick point um, about uh, about grouping and and I do like what Faisal said about you know having to meet up in um, mm-hmm. in a tavern and I, yeah I totally get that that a lot of people are are a little more timid than others but that's a perfect opportunity for people who are not that timid to approach those younger players or those newer players and invite mm-hmm. them into the fold. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. The other thing, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Like I, I want, I, I said the tavern, so like a tavern is supposed to be a very cozy place where you can meet a lot of people. So like, it's a really nice way to break the ice. It helps rather than them. Like, because I know a lot of people who can be super aggressive when they try to introduce themselves. And I think tavern would help it tone it down or something <laughs> yeah everybody has a drink that everybody gets nicer exactly <laughs> just one more thing about dungeon finders yeah, um the one thing that i found about dungeon finders uh, they, they definitely have their purpose and it, it's great but when you take a game like world of warcraft um and even uh, to a lot of respects even the, the really good community that elder scrolls online has when you put a group of people together randomly just by their class or by their role 
and then throw them into a dungeon. And then there's a pretty good chance you're never going to see that player again, right? Especially in World of Warcraft because it's cross row. Well, yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you increase the chances of toxicity like umpteen degrees. It, it gets so much worse. People, I mean, I had it just the other day. Yes, I've been playing World of Warcraft and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> the other day I was in a dungeon and like it's literally day three and I'm leveling a brand new tune and somebody popped off and said like to the entire group, like they posted the DPS and it just said y'all were bad. Oh. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me, dude? <laughs> <laughs> These are low B dungeons, you know? So like, of course, that a snarky comment. I had to come back and just say, you know what? It's people like you that make, that make this or that make communities like this toxic. That's true. Like, why don't you just try being nice? Why don't you try offering help? And then person had one snarky comment and then they shut up, but it's like, really? So dungeon finders have their place, but it also, it also breeds this, keyboard warrior feeling mm. of anonymity that you can just say whatever the hell you want to say and mm-hmm. insult somebody. I just, I can't stand that. It's immersion breaking. You know what, man, the, uh, it, I, in all of this conversation around immersion, you know, we know what actually drives me nuts with a game that it will break immersion for me is too many add-ons. I actually prefer to have, uh, whenever possible. And when I played ESO for, for one thing, when I played the Elder Scrolls online, uh, in that game specifically, I thought one thing they did really good with was finding a good balance. I've talked about it here before, too. They find a really good balance between like this animation style and like realism that has continued to stay pretty like it still looks really clean and really good. And the environment looks really good. And uh, the thing that's really cool about that game is like I can have you can have a significant amount of add ons, but you can hide quite a bit. And I can put almost everything down at the bottom and almost all of the upper part of my screen minus maybe that small area at the bottom is just nothing but like the camera. It's all the environment. And I love it for me. That is like that is immersion. But whenever I I'm, you know, have to have like a bunch of add ons to perform and and those things have to be there, like it just starts to get cluttered and it starts to get in the way. And um, but yeah, you think about things like uh, DPS meters, which. We're not going to dig into this very far because people like they want to go on about it. But like simply put, it, it's it kind of takes away from the experience and people, they kind of like hyper focus in on this one specific thing. And then this is like what the dungeon then becomes about, too, instead of it being about like this cooperative like achievement that we have going into it. So mm-hmm. one thing I'm really excited about is that you're not going to have stuff like that. You're not going to get that in this game. You're it's going to be screen. <laughs> I'm like excited about it. It's going to be screen and it's going to be bosses and it's going to be the world. And also what'll break immersion for me is uh, uh like SWOTOR had it. ESO has it. But like when you go from zone to zone and you've got like load screens all the time. Oh, dude, I just, Man, feels bad, dude. It really does. Like, I the one thing I love about World of Warcraft for the most part is, you know, you go to like a major continent, maybe you've got to like like load in there, but for the most part, you can just one zone to the next, just right on. And I'm like, oh, this feels good, man. Even if it looks outdated, that was the thing that uh, way back in the day always stuck was it was the you know I I don't go as far back as some people with MMOs, 
But World of Warcraft was my first MMORPG. And that was actually the first time I really dedicated to a PC game that wasn't just like a, you know, jump in like Crisis. You play through the story and you're done with it or whatever. And uh, I played a lot of Zelda, but again, console. And, you know, Prince of Persia, epic game, the remake, not so much. Sorry, I just had to put that in there. I'm judging it. It's fine. I just, <laughs> sometimes when they go in the remake games, it's like, it's not a remake, it's a remaster, and it's a really bad remaster. It's a second remaster. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back on topic. <laughs> it's like, man, but I got in that game, and I looked around, and I was like, oh, my God, dude, I can see, like, so far. And I can just pick a direction and just keep going. And I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like I can just keep going. Oh my, I hit the, I hit the, I hit the uh, ocean. Oh my god, the ocean just keeps on going. Like, I wonder if I could. That wonder of everything that you're encountering and this having the sense that you're in a world that you're having to find the limits of. Oh man. But when you take that away from me now, you know, and like load screens and stuff like that constantly, it's like ah, or dungeon finders. I'm just like, I actually used to like going and having to summon people outside of those old world of warcraft mm -hmm. dungeons i actually enjoyed i know it was taxing i know it wasn't convenient but it was like i don't know you had to communicate with people you had to go hey and interact with people and and find people and actually this this whole community element felt more alive because of it i, I think to me anyway um but those are my immersion breakers i don't know daedalus did we miss you i i, I can't remember i've probably been rambling a while no, no, you got me, but I think you definitely made um, some some great points, I think, around that, too. Loading screens, for sure, is definitely immersion-breaking from my perspective. And I would say that's something that WoW does really well, I think, uh, you know, is, is having that. And I think over the years, it's definitely done a great job of setting atmosphere, too. I think that's kind of another thing to me that's immersion-breaking, is when you kind of don't necessarily get a transition um in terms of or at least um how should i say you don't get kind of a feel for the inhabitants of a zone uh i think that's immersion breaking too because you don't really have an environment that kind of speaks well or really communicates that so yeah i think you made me think about a lot of things but definitely some great points sim mm -hmm. So we had one other question here, and I, I'm going to ask this question. It was off of one of uh, the last YouTube videos, and it was from Dirty, and he said, and we'll probably get to another discussion point Dirty had, um, and Dirty said, some more, how do you feel about development moving forward? This is going to be for all of us here. Any question that we talk about here, whether you're watching it later, listening to it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, contribute, contribute, contribute. Uh, the devs do, they may not see everything, but they do pay attention to the community. So, you know, use your words, go to the forums, like share your thoughts, feedback. How do you feel about the uh, look, the development moving forward with such a threadbare writing team? Uh, we'll also love the idea of this game. Uh, can it find greatness to match its ambition without engaging cohesive and well thought out PVE quest lines that connect people to the world? I'm not sure that the devs can create unique and fun quests for every node without having solid underpinning PvE stories that explain and engage players in the node itself. Given the diversity of possibilities and how variable this node growth can be, there is a real danger that these nodes will fail to feel 
like they should without the storytelling team being very, very good indeed. What do you all think? I guess my question is, is there like something that the uh, the poster can point to to kind of say that that's a reality? Because at the end of the day, Stephen built this world right over years of time. So and and while we maybe don't know all the players in terms of the writing of it, I I kind of feel it maybe is a little leading to say that the writing team is threadbare. Um, I don't know if there's if there's a fact I missed, you know, feel free to fact check me here, but it doesn't feel like there's any less care um, being put forward with the writing uh, at this point, right? From what we've seen so far in the lore and the different, um, even like the cosmetic stuff, the articles we've seen, that just, it just feels like there's a lot more under the covers we haven't seen yet. Um, so I think... I think it, you know, it doesn't sit well with me that it's we're starting off with almost like some negativity there. That said, I agree with the point about, you know, the game needs to back itself up, you know, not only be ambitious in mechanics, but also be in ambitious in story. I think that's something mm-hmm. we've covered, you know, all throughout this podcast uh, today is that how important story is. So um I definitely agree with the the theme here in terms of what's important. I'm just maybe a little, you know, not in tune with the facts um, that or the assumption that there isn't, you know, dedication around story in Ashes. Yeah, like where's the uh, where's the concern for this particular point originating from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you all? I can definitely see why this, if this was a fact that the, that the uh, writing team is quite threadbare, which I don't believe is, is probably the case. I would imagine that they have enough people on this to get that load of quest text and in-game text written. But um, the other thing that I kind of learned a little bit too, was that very few people can create a lot of text in a video game um the, la- the last game eso that we covered um i know that there was just a few people that would write like almost an entire um dlc and do a very good job at it like wow like that was really really good as a matter of fact their their lore master uh lehman tuttle is a very talented writer and he wrote like some of the best of some of the best dlc in the game so yeah, they do have a big thing going on with Ashes of Creation for sure, because there is an entire world to populate with text and lore and and uh, story. Uh, so yeah, if that is a case that that it's quite threadbare, then it it would be an issue and a concern. I think uh, I don't feel that that's the case. I feel that they, you know, it, I do feel that there is a from what we have seen that there's a good amount in there. Um, and I think the other thing that it lends to is exactly what everybody who's backed and what everybody who's in this chat is lending to. And that is having hope and having um, trust in this company at Intrepid that we're all uh, you know, anxiously awaiting to see what the product is. But we all have trust and hope that they are going to make this thing happen. I think that's I think that's a very important point to think about. 
Yeah. That's the thing that I've, I mean, you know, I can't like speak to how the storytelling specifically is going to play out. Uh, but you know, I think it, I, I think that I can understand where sometimes people have questions like the, of this nature. Uh, and, and it, maybe it stems from some of the experiences that they've had in other games or concerns they've had because in other games, you know, A, B and C weren't delivered and they saw these tie-ins in these ways for these reasons. Uh, and so, you know, I, I kind of have to postpone a lot of like, you know, concerns like this until I actually have cause for it. Um, and I mm. just, we just don't. And part of the thing is, is if I was to actually look at on this, and this is subjective, this is coming from me subjectively and I can speak about it. Like I have done some past testing and I have done some questing. Now those quests aren't, <laughs> they've even said they could probably not going to see these like in the live version of the game. But they were well done. You can actually go back to like some of the, uh, oh, there's uh, some images of like the caravan. I think it was like a caravan quest that they came across. Uh, what was that? Like a year ago? I think it was around the APOC time, around the end of APOC. They were, uh, you remember? Like they were kind of showing people the the MMO right. world and they were like running through and they found this caravan and they like stopped to like interact with it. And it's like, okay, well, what was the story for the caravan? And I mean, these quests, more than likely, I don't know. But based on what they've said so far, more than likely we're placeholder. But even them as place placeholder, uh, you know, quests were pretty good. Then I go to I reference APOC. Like it or not, there was some really good lore in APOC. Honestly, people people knock it and people blew it off. But when you go in even to the wiki, for example, and you read through like some of these like uh, week week quests during the exodus or whatever, and you read through the quests, like the, the quest is like, it's pretty well like done. Like it's, it's actually worded really well. It's, it gives you a visual idea of like what is kind of going on there. Um, so, you know, it, I have a lot of confidence through my own experience but it's something I think that people are going to have to find out for themselves. Uh, but I can see where the concerns come from. Uh, for me, until there's like actual evidence to like, you know, base a concern on, it's kind of a, a mute point for me. Like I, I can see where the concern is coming from. Like mm. it, it depends on the way of development. How are they going to specifically do it? Like let's say if maybe the concern is coming from where making the the lore is tied to every single node that that every single node that rises up he needs to make an npc he needs to write this lore on this type of npc which that i would understand but the other way development would be like regions the desert region the forest region the like all these regions have their own different lore that if it doesn't matter where the node pops up it would still have the same NPCs. Like that that would that would be a way maybe of well maybe. <laughs> Another thing to consider is how much of this lore, how much of this story was already written over the past several years. Exactly sure. where I was gonna go with that. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't know, man, but I, if I had to go with my gut, I feel like this has been laid out like when you think about it, it came from a D&D, you know, campaign like this story is there. And yep. yeah, Mr. Man. Mr. Sharif does not look like he's the type of person that just flies by the seat of his pants. Exactly. He's pretty prepared. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. We got we got Z in chat. What up, Z? Got a whole lot of love in chat. Y'all are awesome, man, for sure. Um, 
we, we I know that we're kind of starting to get to the end of the show, everybody, and we've done a good job touching on topics that relate to lore. I think that we had some discussion points on Ashes HQ. We'll probably talk about next time. Uh, but uh, and I think there was another one from Dirty Dirty. Look, to be fair, it's still it's still I, I get it. And these are the kinds of like conversation points, I think, that are really important to have, because for a lot of new people coming into the community who don't actually like know about the history up until this time, like there's a lot there. I get that there's there's a lot that can be very overwhelming to people. There's a lot to go through, but there's also a lot there. And there's a lot of history that people aren't aware of. They come in. First thing they they see is. You know, like, oh, well, I don't see this now, so I have this concern. And uh, yeah, man, just kind of, you know, there's a lot of people. You know, you got some lore seekers and you got some pathfinders and you got a whole lot of other people in the community. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got a whole lot of people in the community that are more than willing to actually point you in the right direction. For the most part, the community is super helpful on the forums and they're in the Ashes of Creation Discord, uh, all around the different uh, creator groups and things of that nature. So there's a lot of people that are willing to kind of point you in the right direction. And in terms of lore and writing, there's definitely quite a bit there already. I mean, the D and D campaigns that they did, um, over the past couple of years were pretty, it was pretty, pretty elaborate, man. Honestly, it was pretty good stuff. So there's definitely a lot to look at and I know there's a lot of people that are always looking to point you in the right direction. Um, but with that being said, uh, that was a, it was a good conversation around immersion. Uh, that was actually, uh, in terms of dev discussions, probably one of my more favorite ones, I would say, out of out of all of them. Not to say that they're bad. I think that was just one that really resonated for me a lot uh, out of all of those. And uh, <clears throat> just uh, if you if you come into this a little late right now, I just want to refer people to go back to the part where I said Sims tree theory. I'd like to get more feedback around that. I'd love to get a lot more people's feedback around that. Saw a lot of nodding heads. I don't feel like I'm in I'm in the wrong uh mindset around this i think that it resonates for a lot of people um but we'll kind of end on this final note uh and this one i think is kind of uh a good one for for cash here too um since you know kind of uh new on the show kind of getting kind of dug into the community uh where do you seem to find that games often fail and this is for all of us and all of you listening or watching later where do you seem to find games are often uh failing the most for you as a player for you and uh, how does that relate to you for AOC? Might even be like how AOC seems to be that it's going to deliver in that regard. I think when uh, when games start to get incredibly repetitive with the things that you're doing, particularly at Endgame, because that grind to get to max level is is always where a lot of the fun is had. And where everything seems fresh and everything seems new and you have this end goal to reach you know you want to max out your your artisan or your crafting stuff you want to max out your character you want to start collecting the best gear that you can and then you get to end game and you start you know say you start working on rotations and then you start getting involved in uh end game pve content or end game pvp content when that stuff starts to get stale is where it really turns into more of a job especially if you're a if you're a no lifer like i guess i'm kind of a no lifer at this point <laughs> with uh with games and the amount of time that i that i put into them specifically um mmos i love that in game stuff 
I love trying to be at, at the, as close to the top as I can. Now, am I like a super top echelon player? Nah, no, not really there, but I'm somewhere in the middle between somebody who really doesn't know what end game content is. And then somebody who's at like the top of the echelon. When that stuff starts getting stale, that's when I feel that games fail me when it becomes a job. And I know I said, I'm, you know, I'm dabbling in world of Warcraft again. That is a typical example for me of a game. Once you get to the, to the end game and you have to do all those dailies and all that stuff that gets to me super repetitive. And that's where I just go, uh, I'm going to peel off and go do something else. So when there's fresh content coming in all the time, and there is, this is a big word for me in particular, when there is challenge to that, and I'm talking like even running through the world as a single player, I have to have some type of a challenge. I don't want to be able to walk up to something and be able to kill it because you're the hero and you're super overpowered. I can't stand that. And it gets super boring. So I want there to be a challenge. I want to find that boss for a quest that I have to do solo and I can't get through it for two or three nights because I have to figure out how to do it. That's the challenge I want. So otherwise, if that challenge isn't there, I feel that a lot of games will get stale and have in the past just gotten really stale for me at Endgame. I would say for me, um, it's when the game over time becomes more and more complicated. And I don't mean that in the sense of challenging. I mean, in the sense of it's system upon system upon system upon system. So as a new player coming in, you're just assaulted by all these different things that you need to learn that don't necessarily jive or make sense. There's no real sense of progression in a meaningful way. So that would be where I've felt some games have failed. I mean, particularly, you know, I would say my most experience has been with World of Warcraft. That's not to say that I don't play it still, but I have noticed that their design philosophy over time has just tended to get more and more complicated um, as opposed to keeping it simple. And they're just almost in a way just finding things to do so that there will be some level of progression after max level. Um, and, and, and to me, there's got to be better ways to do that. Um, I don't know if I know the answer to that. And that's, I guess, um, part of it too. I don't know what the right answer is, but I feel like getting to a point where a game is just collapsing under the weight of complicated system after complicated system. It just, to me, it feels like it turns from being an enjoyable experience to being a job, right? I still think you have to invest time in your character to progress. You have to learn your class. You have to do all those things to me are, are worth it and are fun. But I think when you start getting all these different complicated things happening it just feels like there's a constant cycle and wow of making things super complicated and then going back and pruning and then bringing some of it back and then pruning again. So it just, it just feels like it's just change for change's sake, as opposed to having some sort of meaning to it. Hmm. Okay. But for me, really, there's two sides of the story. Like I would see it as the main quest and the main quest would be like, for example, like in Final Fantasy, where 
I would go complete a quest and I finish it and it sends me to the exact same place that I was. Why didn't you just give me the quests that I needed to do in that specific area? Then then I should have been done. <laughs> Why send me back? And and two is the recycling content like dailies, for example. Like I know that I need to do dailies and it's nice and all, but at least make it meaningful, something like the the fun content that we used to do and enjoyed, maybe make it a daily of that. But don't make it a daily. Make it a weekly <laughs> or something. It's just too much. For, for, like daily content is way too much. Social Bunny ain't built for that life, man. <laughs> you know what though man i'm gonna be really honest like i i will work really hard in a game i really will like i will i will grind i will i will i will persevere i will do the work it takes to get something especially to accomplish something that has that level of prestige to it like really i will um but but when when it's and this is where world of warcraft for me just like really really killed me yeah uh, you know, in game because my account's off offline. But my point is, is like the the gear where you dump in, like you've got to go farm a currency, you've got to dump it into this like item, and then you got to do that all. What up, Steven? I wasn't gonna call you out, but he is in chat. He has been watching for a little bit now. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Hope you're doing good. Daily age, buddy. I can't stand it either. You know it. I can't either. I don't want to. I feel like I, I feel like I'm kind of going a little insane if I have to do the same thing over and over and over and over. Did I use that word over again and over and over and over? Oh no, this is how it starts. Like it just, I don't want to do that for three hours a day just because I need to get some something that's going to end up being a race is relevant, like in the near future. But dailies aren't the way. I feel like there's a more creative way to go about it. There's a better path than that. And it I, and we've seen it before. It's not new. It was there in the days of old, if you will. You know, way back in the day, it was there. <laughs> Someone in chat said, the savior of MMOs is preaching from the mountaintops. The savior of MMOs is here. Stephen Sharif has entered the stream, friends. Yes, I was a little bit much, but hope you enjoyed it, Stephen. <laughs> I do RP a little bit sometimes on only on some days though. Thank you. McTankerface was here recently. If you missed that one, Steven, it's, it was a good time. I hopefully, hopefully enjoyed it. I know I did, <laughs> but man, I, I do. I feel that I really do feel that. Um, just, the. I guess I can grind like, like I think Z said in chat, like I, I would actually rather go pick and pick herbs in game or farm for, I can do that. Like there's some something about that to me that's actually kind of therapeutic. It's like I get done with a long day at work and I I get done. And sometimes maybe I don't have like one of those nights where I maybe I, I don't want to go do dungeons or I don't want to do raids or, you know, maybe it's like an off night. And I'm like, man, today I worked. I got done. I jumped on the game and I just ran around and farmed a little bit. Chat with my friends, just really chilled out, took in the landscape, felt really immersed in this like really cool fantasy world. My imagination was kind of going. I was looking forward to the raid. Those are those nostalgic moments that tie into to MMOs. And I think for me, it does take away from it when it feels like I'm just having to go in and do a second job, which I feel like it's very different than working hard for something that you're passionate about, right? I think that's 
and if you're passionate about an MMO and progressing and that in-game prestige, and this is something that you thrive doing, I don't, I don't think it's the same thing as that same kind of work that you have when you're grinding uh, dailies and junk over and over. So. I think, I think a lot of the thing with grinding dailies is the fact that you feel like you are falling behind your friends True. and your guildmates yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah. And if, if you skip a day, I'm not, I will not lie. There have been times where I have given jibs, my login information to go and like, dude, just do, do my dailies or given a buddy, my login information to go in there and just, you know, do certain things for me during that day. So I don't fall behind because my work day went to crap. And then, of course, you log back in and you find yourself out in the middle of the ocean, buck naked yeah. with no uh, with no clothes on your character. <laughs> but that's my friends. What game was that? So <laughs> that was WoW. Oh, that was my WoW days. <laughs> my neighbor, shit. two doors down, he He's would so uh, we would we would help each other out like that. And then every single time I would log in, or you know, to his character, he'd log into my character. The next very next time we'd log in, we'd be out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, buck naked. <laughs> With no gear on. <laughs> I'm learning eh. something new about jibs today. <laughs> eh, friends. <laughs> okay. Note to self. Least, least, uh, come on. <laughs> if, if the friend doesn't fuck you over, he's no friend. <laughs> come on. You got to agree with us. <laughs> I think the last time that I logged into Jibs's character and, and ran some stuff for him to help him out, um, I, he logged back in and he was in a wedding dress. <laughs> you're welcome well played was it one of the yeah so wedding dresses with the like the, yes. the bust perfect perfect that's beautiful yes yeah it's well done well done well done and uh yeah man i think we are <laughs> hashtag naked and afraid hashtag bald is beautiful friends yes it is bald brother from another mother over here cash she knows we, we know what's up yes, we'll at some us. point at some point in this Ashes of Creation experience, you and I will rub heads. Oh, God. Not oh afraid. God. I'm not afraid. That's good. Don't cover your face. Don't cover your face, Daedalus. This is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though, man? It's been a great episode. And you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure. Actually, this is the first time I've actually talked to Cash like this. Um, we've had interaction, interactions, and Jibs and I have had interactions over... Oh, probably six plus months now, you know, over, over that period of time on and off. And, uh, definitely looking forward to what y'all have to bring to the table. Uh, much love having you here in the community. I think, I think real soon the community is going to understand why I'm excited that you all are part of ashes fam, why you're part of the ashes of creation community and, uh, why I support these guys being here. You guys are going to understand soon enough. With that being said, let's let lore seeker cash. Going ahead, and I did say there was like an announcement about these guys. So why don't you tell everybody what they can expect a little bit in the near future from y'all? Well, I, I appreciate that. And before I even get into that, I just want to say this this really is an honor. I think it's it's so early. I wish Jibs could have been here, but it, this is uh, Sunday nights or Jibs' family nights, and he's a the consummate family man. So my hats off to him. Yeah, for sure. But um, this i think it's such an honor for us because we are so new to this community and like we're you know we're trying to like sneak in behind all these titans of ashes of creation who've been here since the very beginning and we've been watching your content and absorbing it we're like oh man that's good that's really good this is a fun show and that's why i love uh show so much because it's just you guys are just good 
solid people that uh, pretty readily welcome in new people. And I think that's, that's a cornerstone of what gaming community should be doing. And it just, so thank you for that. And thank you for this honor, you know, for even being here. Oh man, it's a pleasure. Um, it's a pleasure, so, man. Thank you. Yeah. You guys have been fun. I mean, I've been laughing at Faisal for a couple of months now, so it's, <laughs> right. it's actually, it's actually really cool to be in chat with him. <laughs> But uh, we do have a we do have a little bit of an announcement. It's just that uh, our first, very first podcast uh, for the Lore Seekers podcast, uh, just enthralling and oozing with ashes of creation, will be released on uh, September the eighteenth on any podcast feed, um, and that's that's kind of the big part of of uh, what we're doing. We've we've made the switch from uh, Elder Scrolls Online, which was a, ver a very very hard decision very tough for jibs and i we had some tears over that but i think we are super excited for this project uh we've been following it now we're incredibly interested and there are just things that we cannot pass up as gamers first and as content creators second this is a it's a fresh space and we love to be part of something that is being developed now because there's speculation there's creativity there's all kinds of things that go into it from a gamer's perspective and a content creator's perspective and we are just so excited to dive into both so thank you absolutely man so gentlemen shout out where you're at where people can find you actually where can they find all your stuff can you go ahead and let everybody know like the the links that you guys have a twitch oh yeah yeah and yeah. twitter and all yeah. that too Absolutely. So you can find uh, the Lore Seekers podcast on Twitter. We are at Lore Seekers Cast. We do a lot of stuff over there. Um, we have fired up our Instagram account and we're starting to get busy over there. And over there, it's at Lore Seekers. On YouTube, we're at Lore Seekers. And then our home, our first episode is going to be uh, recorded privately between my co host and myself, Jibs. And then after that, every other show will be live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Seekers podcast. We have all kinds of fun stuff planned. We're getting super creative. So <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Come have fun. Hell yeah. And Daedalus, where can they find you, man? Okay, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Ashen Herald. And uh, our favorite social bunny, Faisal, where can they find you, friend? You guys can find me at Bezel108 on Twitch and as Bagel108 uh, at Twitter. Absolutely. A pleasure. And as always, you know, much love to everybody for, for the turnout as always. And Steven, thanks for hanging out and coming to check out part of the convo and get to know the lore seekers a little bit more. And everybody, be sure to catch that episode they released this coming Friday. You'll probably see me tweeting about it, posting it in, in our community Discord. Speaking of which, you can join discord.gg forward slash simorg, S-I-M-U-R-G-H. You can catch this show's Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. You can send us an email for some in-stream chat. We'll read it live. You can send it into our mailbag at uh, ashespathfinders at gmail.com. You can catch a live show every Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT. You can even call in and leave a message like our old friend Tanky McTankerface, a horrendous at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. Check out the Lore Seekers, friends. You will be happy you did. And with that being said, that's our show. We will catch you next Sunday, same Pathfinder time, same Pathfinder place, friends. Much love.
and welcome into the ashes uh of creation family ashes fam friends we'll see you all soon take care everyone bye